Welcome to Smutty Scriptures, the podcast where three best friends gather together to explore the holy text of fantasy romance novels. I'm Head Priest Blue Cromwell, and I am joined by my sisters in sin, Cuttlefish and Purple Space Cat, to tell you all about our thoughts on this episode's sacred text. We are finally <laughs> at the end of the Throne of Glass series. I have loved the ride of Kingdom of Ash, and, and we are going through, what was it, chapter 67 through this first yep. part here? So the yeah, entirety of part 67. one. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is our last little bit here with Aelin, Rowan, and, and the whole gang, and I have loved the journey, but I'm I'm ready to get some resolution Oh yes. <laughs> for some of these characters and for some of these storylines, for sure. But how are you guys feeling now that we're getting to the very end of our first series for the Smiley Scriptures podcast? Say it's bittersweet. This is a very emotional section. Sure. There's a lot of stuff going on, of course, because it's the last book. And, you know, the meme where it's Sarah J. Mass is like the last hundred pages is <laughs> like the bank exploded. Yep. <laughs> Keep oh, holding my hand. hand. <laughs> I feel like that's this whole book because the whole thing is like the last however many pages of the whole story. Mm-hmm. We're coming to an end and seeing a lot of the things that we've been kind of hinting towards or or that she's been kind of walking and dancing in circles around for the last couple of books kind of coming to a head. Mm-hmm. So it was a really emotional round. And I can tell you part two is going to be even worse. Oh, I'm yeah. It's going to get worse <laughs> before it gets better for sure. <laughs> it's just like a storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, on our last book of the series, though, I've really liked the right. I'm glad we decided to go through this book series. I do feel like it's a kind of a book talk classic. And obviously, we love Akatar. So going through another one of that author's works has been really fun. I am very much looking forward to a break. We will be going through a bunch of, this is the smuttiest smut, the stupidest, smuttiest shit we could find. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I'm really excited. We've already picked out some really cool titles. So you guys will (laughs) definitely, you know, once we get into season two of our podcast here, we'll have a fun little break of going through less serious work. We will definitely go to, you know. Sometimes we read something serious. Sometimes we go through, like, I really want to read Ice Planet Barbarians one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to be silly and, you know. Remember, Purple's got the mm-hmm. one about the Baryonyx dinosaur one. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into some lowbrow work, perhaps, <laughs> compared to <laughs> maybe a more traditional fantasy, which is good, though. It's good for a change of pace. So since we're getting into the last book here for part one, general thoughts, impressions, how are we feeling? I, I do agree with what you said earlier as far as the whole thing has felt like the typical last hundred pages of a Sarah J. Mass novel, <laughs> which does make sense. But Like I said before, I think it's just it's really emotional. There's a lot of pieces of this that I was crying, you know, yeah. and, and that was actually the first time that Throwing a glass got me with the tears and like officially rolling down my face. And I had to stop and, and go to my husband. And I was like, would you do that? Would you, know, would you say that? It was a <laughs> Again, just a, a roller coaster emotionally. And gosh, all of Aelin's journey with the, with the, with the, um, with the Often. torture. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, did you forget the word for torture? I did. Because I was like, stab, stab. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, what is it called? Stab. The prolonged stabbing, I guess. You can- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did. I forgot the word for torture. To be honest, though, I feel like in part one, where obviously we're starting off, and Aelin is in captivity mm-hmm. and she does, you know, get freed and the transition from who she was to who she is now. And some of the responses of 
her well, of herself the way that she describes what she's going through and the way that Rowan reacts to her is in my opinion really really reminiscent of sexual assault or or rape victims and survivors and having gone through that and to me I think that was unexpected for Sarah J Mass that we went and we're kind of getting this I don't want to say like bird's eye view but we're we're kind of getting this connection to that journey and the the healing with that mm-hmm. and how complicated it is and how stressful it is and how much you you know want to maybe reach out and touch your loved one and give them a hug but that might not be the best decision mm-hmm. you know we kind of had a little bit of that with Lysandra but now I feel like with Aelin it's onion peeled back and now we can kind of see a little bit more deeper and that was just really really emotional but I think that was a big theme of what's going on is this different kind of healing that we're seeing yeah I will say I love getting to know like Rowan's point of view in those moments like him just so outwardly being like I don't care if they're never the same person again. I won't ever love them any less than what I did. Yeah. I mean, that is mm-hmm. so... If you've been through that level of trauma or can relate to Aelin in any way in that sense, having just the idea that that is possible for someone to love you in that way is so powerful. Because sometimes things happen in life that change us. And, well, and to be so patient. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like he was so patient with it and he was so gentle and aware. And I think yeah. that was so beautiful. Now, I already was so very much on Team Rowan anyways. Right. But the, with the way that he is approaching it. And even that some of the other members of the parties were, were kind of questioning his thoughts and checking in and seeing where he's at with it. And he is just so convinced within himself that this is just another thing that is like a bump in the road almost. And they're going to weather the storm and he's here for her no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that is just, that's crazy to me. Uh, That's awesome. And I loved it. Yeah. I love that he believes that their relationship is so resilient and unshakable. Yeah. That's why he be broin. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, but yeah, even. I can't be serious all the time. Give me a break. chapter, Chapter 37, he, even when. There, he really wants to <clears throat> plow his wife. He even ends up asking her, "Can I kiss you? May I kiss you?" On uh, page three twenty six. That's it's such a small thing, but when you've been through something that's like all of your agency has been robbed, and you don't have choices, and you know, just being able to have say in who and what circumstances you're able to be touched is is incredible. And there's yeah. a couple other things I'm going to look for really quick in the book and I'll, I'll point out too. No problem. Yeah, it's definitely very healing. Aelin takes a long time to even, you know, know that reality is His happening reality. around them. Yeah. So going from that to trying to give them agency and choices again is very, uh, it's quite the healing arc. I mean, I, I'm ready for revenge, but uh-huh. healing is fine and dandy, but when are we getting to the murder? <laughs> when yeah. are we getting to the murder? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I about murdered Adian, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, Rowan and Fenris, man, the unsung hero. Man, crazy stuff. He is a good boy. The best boy. <laughs> uh, the best almost dead boy? 
He's fine. That was pretty crazy. I was not ready for that, but I loved how she did the oath to save him. I I was very much ready for him to go in the story as as far as my predictions were concerned. Yeah, I didn't know if he was going to make it out of that one. I'm glad he did. I'd like to see him around. I mean, especially (laughs) with his connection to Aelin through this event. Obviously, they both went through two very different things. Obviously, Aelin going through months of torture and then Fenris having to watch. But he also had his own events during that those two or three months span of, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he gets a happy ending and something nice happens because goddamn. Page 304, which is in my book, it's chapter 35, I think. And in my book, that's 304 that I'm looking at. There's two pieces that's on this little section here. One at the top, when she asked how long she had been gone, Mm -hmm. he did not even have to spend a second. And he automatically knew two months, three days and seven hours. He was counting hours that they were just away. And that's so fucking romantic. Talking about how they healed her and and had her hair longer than what it was. And he offered to cut it back to the previous length so she could have some semblance of what she used to look like because they took all of her scars away. Mm -hmm. And for a character like Aelin, I almost feel like those scars in some ways were her story and were her identity. And they removed that from her. And it's almost like they removed pieces of her history Mm -hmm. away from her. And the fact that he was offering to give a little piece of who she used to be back was really, really sweet. And then at the very bottom, he'd say, he didn't blame her. He knew it would take time, time and distance to heal the internal wounds if they could ever really heal at all. So he is well aware that it, she may never be who she used to be. And he's okay with that. Yep. But he'd work with her, help in whatever way he could. And if she never returned to who she had been before this, he would not love her any less. I think that right there is... Carol probably- could never. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, how sad was it that Rowan's scars on Aelin were the last to go? And it was because she thought he wasn't coming back for her. Bitch, I was like, Maeve, I will, I'm going to kill you myself, dog. You got me fucked up. That was so horrifically sad. I kind of love that she saved herself, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we got to hand a little bit of that to Fenris, though. Oh, of course. I think it was a joint effort. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, even just knowing, like, how Rowan describes it of what was so horrible that was going to happen to Aelin, that Fenris did the impossible. Fuck, dude, that's so... (laughs) Fenris is a real one. (laughs) This is crazy. That was so emotional. And I also like that Aelin is also afterwards, like, on page 348, I don't remember what chapter this is. This is chapter... 41 for me. Rowan was was saying, why didn't you fall for Maeve's depictions of of me and you in this happy story that she was painting inside of your head? And why didn't you do it? And she says, the male I fell in love with was you. It was you who knew the pain as I did and who walked with me through it back to the light. Maeve didn't understand that, that even if she could create the perfect world, it wouldn't be you with me. And I'd never trade that, trade this, not for anything. I, I just, their love story is so cute. And then on the very next page is, is where 
I think for me, if it had been my pick for Bay of the Day, this would have <laughs> done it for me. Mm. Is when <laughs> Aelin is referring back to the fact that for the lock, it would take her life. And <laughs> Rowan interrupts her and says, we'll face it together. He swore again. And if the cost of it is truly is you, then we'll pay it together as one soul in two bodies. Even if I had my choice of any dream realities, any perfect illusions, I would still choose you. Do you think that's <laughs> oh maybe foreshadowing? I'm trying not to. Like a really romantic Pokemon. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Here I am trying to know. I'm getting all emotional and you're just... <laughs> Leave it to purple to get the chaos. Hey, no problem. Yeah, this was just really, really emotional for me. Yeah, I thought that was really beautiful. I almost was like, is that foreshadowing for, obviously, we, we understand Irene and Kale's bond in a way, how intrinsically their lives are involved. I was like, oh, are they going to do the same thing for them? But I stand with my prediction. Aelin will live. I think she'll lose all her powers because I think Sarah J. Mass, she likes to make really powerful characters. And then, yoink, no, you're not. And and then they reward them with babies. Gross. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Sarah. Yay things or like the idea of babies you know what i mean <laughs> she's yeah. so she's so about it which is fine like nesta they're like eh remember how you were very powerful snatch i they're gonna do the same fucking thing with alien i can feel it in my bones brother yeah you know i was thinking in a way she's already kind of died yeah she's been through enough <laughs> Just count it, dude. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. I have some serious thoughts and weird pieces in the text about the gods and all of that ground too. But we'll yeah. we'll we'll get into that soon, I guess. Yeah, we'll go into like a it. whole whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. What about you, Purple, for your general impression of this first part? How are you feeling? Well, you mean like physically? I mean, if that's how you would like to answer the question, that's fine. Yeah, it's a good book. Okay, um, that's that's. Uh, hold on. Wow. Okay, uh, not a lot of thoughts <laughs> for uh, the end of season one of the Spongebob's podcast, <laughs> but I totally get it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I just uh, Lysandra is a motherfucking bamf. Mm -hmm. She even been. gets kitty cat armor. Oh my god! <laughs> I was reading it and I was kind of like, okay, I absolutely love this, but it feels kind of like microtransactiony. Oh my god! What? <laughs> like you buy horse armor? Remember? <laughs> you just said now it's cat armor. But I loved it though, and I marked it in the book, and I was like, she is so motherfucking badass. I loved that. I think that was probably my my most favorite takeaway moment so far of the book, actually, mm -hmm. because. My girl be strong as fuck. True. And then she gets armor. I just thought that was like peak vibes for me. It's very romantic, this book. Mm -hmm. Not at this exact moment in a super touchy-feely mood. But I marked those romantic thingies. And I was like, ah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was feeling it at the time. <laughs> so yay, romance. Yep. <laughs> okay i'll let sarah know how you feel <laughs> i do want to say that i love so much that sarah did her due diligence and within the first few chapters on page 19 we got an update on the puppy 
Oh my god. Puppy was fine. Is fleefing okay. Is fatter than a lazy house cat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, good man treating the puppy right. <laughs> I don't want to give away my pick, but I will say that just because of how he treated the goodest puppy, Lord Martov, Mr. Molotov man was definitely a person. I was like, well, he was kind of the puppy, so maybe he's bay of the day. Okay. He didn't win, but I was about I was to say thinking about um, it. there's a lot of characters in contention right now. I'm surprised that made <laughs> the top three um, even. <laughs> Listen, obviously I the dog is oh important. God. The most vital character. The second only is the sky puppy. Okay. So mm -hmm. I have my priorities straight. And obviously Mr. Molotov man does too. Personal question. Do you have a hard time <laughs> relating to other people? Like, you always seem to pick the ones that are animals or animal adjacent. Is there something we have to unpack there? The whole purple space cat thing? What's going What's going on there? <laughs> I don't really like people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That's as far as we want to go into it right now. Okay, just think about food for thought. Lysandra could turn into a cat. Exactly. That's why I said animal <laughs> she's, adjacent. She's also a people. Yeah. So she's the bridge between the world. So... And she has armor. I feel like you're going to make us read like warrior cats or something next. <laughs> Thundercat porn? <laughs> oh my God. Don't put that in my head. <laughs> you guys will hate me. We will end the podcast. <laughs> okay. So for real, for all jokes aside, the book is going good. I'm trying to reserve my judgments for the second half. Well, second part, mm -hmm. because it's, it is obviously Sarah J. Mass and she does like to throw you for a loop and everything. Sure. I also don't like being wrong about people. Okay. <laughs> so I don't Which is like to... interesting because the minute someone breathes wrong, you're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you just hold back a I little did bit? Not say, I didn't say that it was a perfect system. <laughs> I literally you know, asked you in one of the episodes, I was like, system. literally, I asked you what Kale did wrong, and you said breathed. I said, hello, <laughs> like, purple, slow and down. You that was fair and reasonable. Oh, my God. Don't use my quote against me. Um, I just have to point out that I was 100% right about Nehemia, so. No, you weren't. Being the worst character <laughs> no, in the entire not. book. Ugh. Listen. <laughs> Welcome to the last episode. <laughs> oh my god, can't do this. Lou, did you happen to have like a favorite part or like a least favorite part? Yeah, there's so much that happens that it's really difficult to make me like pinpoint like one specific. Like I loved watching Irene be fucking mad as oh hell with god, Kale's dad. Right? Oh my god, she was vicious. I was like, yes, queen. And then I love the scene with Aelin's mom speaking to her through, you know, her little spirit realm, little vision, not aware of reality thing that was happening. I thought that was beautiful. So loved that part. I think though, I mean, it's kind of an obvious moment, but I like it for maybe some of the subtext i guess there i think my favorite moment is i love a strong female lead the minute mm. that aelin fucking boils a whole fucking lake <laughs> for fucking like well one it's cool because like obviously she's saving all these people's lives and of course like aelin yeah, is yeah, so yeah, powerful yeah, yeah. and like she could i mean okay but hold on hold on hold on did she though because i i said this right before we went live but really she just took a, a quick and relatively painless death 
and made it into one that would be not as quick and definitely not as painless by boiling the people alive no, with the steam. Rowan pushed that stuff away. She knew he was going to do yeah. that. They talk mentally. Okay. They weren't texting mm. back and forth in their brain. Mm. But, but really, <laughs> I, just, I just feel that it was really Broen who saved the day because Aelin just kind of was like, nah, I got this. And then it was just going to make it so much worse. No, because, okay, well then, even if you want to say that, Cashin's army would have been fucking destroyed by the water and not the steam because they were nowhere near close enough to be affected by that. So even if that were true... She saved enough lives for it to be a really cool moment. To see her power get to that level is really cool. But what I liked about it the most is it really reminded me of Era Fire. We have this uh, kind of reoccurring theme with Aelin where... She's got fire. <laughs> yes. It's almost, <laughs> like, it's almost, almost as like... if there's magical powers. Goofy. <laughs> no, it reminds me of the scene where... Rowan is trying to get her to transform and to use her abilities, and Aelin's in the middle of her arc of, I hate myself, I hate everything, I'm the fucking worst, I'm trash. And she, the minute she tries to use her powers, it's to save Rowan, right? They're running away and they're, like, in danger. And Rowan even asks her, is like, why were you able to do that now and not in the fucking months of training that we've done? And she's like, you know, she she is a very self-sacrificing character in that way. She's like, I'm not going to protect myself, but I'm not going to let you die because of me. And I think that's a really beautiful part of Aelin. And the scene reminded me of it, like that moment of she had gone back in through a similar arc. Obviously, this is more of a torture, not not, not so much like a self-hatred right. arc for Aelin, but the same feeling where people are waiting for her to use her power and she's like uncomfortable <laughs> with it. And she has a lot of thoughts on it. She She's avoiding using her power. She's fighting with swords. She's still a badass warrior regardless. And it just reminded me of that. Aelin not being able to fight for herself, but then seeing Elite and Lorcan on that fucking field about to die and she does the impossible. Like, she's always willing to do things like that and to put herself in harm's way for other people, but rarely finds that for herself. And I just thought it was so... What a beautiful arc for Aelin to go through. From Era Fire to now, it was... Oh, whew, chef's kiss. <laughs> so, cool moments aside, but... I do have to echo the other piece that you had mentioned that was a really good piece. See, my favorite... Again, I'm. I feel like I'm going to be the emotional, sappy one of the evening <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. of this of this episode. But when Aelin's mom in chapter twelve came to her in her head, her voice, and she said, "Fireheart, why do you cry?" Like the mom in me fell to fucking pieces because mm-hmm. as a mom, I can put myself in her spot and like I could I I could hear exactly the tone and the cadence of this conversation and then Aelin just saying because I'm lost and I do not know the way oh my god <laughs> I lost it and then yeah. for her mom to to end up saying on page 120 for me you do not yield and I had seen that all you know on a bunch of merch or whatever but I, and I was waiting for it to come into play yeah. And the and the fact that you do not yield came into play from her mom and not Rowan and not, you know, uh, another character. I just thought was fantastic and and perfect. I fucking loved it. It gave me goosebumps. I was crying. It was yeah. a whole thing. 
because it was it was perfect. It was perfectly written. And I don't even know if Sarah has kids, but if she does, that was exactly what that sounds like. I believe she does. <laughs> but I did think that was beautiful. And the scene too um, with Manon, where she's imagining, maybe not imagining, but understanding their presence is there with her, her mom on one side and her dad on the other. I mean, yeah. wow. Some cool shit coming to play. Very emotional. And yeah, had a lot to do with that mother and father bonds to children. It was very, uh, I mean, <laughs> you're pulling on my heartstrings, Sarah. What are you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> I see <Stop> you. <laughs> yeah, but how, Quit. <laughs> how beautiful, though, for Aelin to have that moment. I hope she doesn't Ma. hear her voice, though, for another thousand years. I hope she stays alive and is fine and happy and healthy and everything's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> my favorite moment came in on page 480, which is in our scriptures, the very end of chapter 56. Because that was when Manon was finally crowned queen of witches. And I just, with beating up, you know, fucking up her, with Manon sticking it to the three dicky matron lady people, mm-hmm. and then bringing together, even though it's a, it's a small populace, the the good witch people and the and the bad witch people. Bringing all of them together, it says the queen of witches. They declared as one voice, as one people. I was just like, oh, I love that. I love that so much. Oh, 100%. I, Manon, for me. me chills. Yeah. I fucking loved it. And seeing her with the crown and everything was really nice. I want a crown that glows. <laughs> we can find you one. <laughs> but I don't want no stupid princess glowy crown that takes batteries. Oh, my I, God. It's got to be powered off of stars or nothing. All right. I'll do my best. <laughs> I'm not sure what they have on Amazon, but I'll, I'll take. A look. But yeah, I um, Manon's arc to this whole story has been something. I I will say there are a lot of moments that I like. Like I loved that moment for her and Manon having that sense of family going into it was was really great. But actually, my least favorite part I think was maybe Manon lying at first to the witches that she did not purposely lead the other group of witches there to kill them. That way they could defend them. Yeah. Because she's like, I don't have time to make friends. And I was like, ah, oh, Manon, you're resorting back to old ways. And you're killing people. You're cousins. <laughs> they're my, they're yeah. maybe related to you. I know she didn't really know the full extent of it at that point. And she did feel a lot of guilt at that point. Where she's like, oh, she's, shit. She's family. working on it. She's she's a work in progress. That's a lot of work. She's, no, she's, <laughs> she, she'll get there in the end. It. It was you know what? Tough. It's honestly very Nehemia. Oh my God, brother! Listen. Wow. Go jump. Go go jump off a cliff. Oh, the Braxis. No. But all of the everyone listening right now, you can send hate mail to the Smutty Scriptures Instagram <laughs> about <laughs> this slander that is occurring right now. But yeah, I I didn't love that because it it just felt like a, maybe a, a step backwards. And Manon obviously yeah. does some things to atone, like she and her witches, you know, with their iron nails, like are digging like mass graves and shit. I think parts of it are really beautiful. I just, I thought Manon was a lot further along in her journey. And then that moment was not great. Yeah. I respect Dorian's response to it. He's like, kind of like, well, I can't fucking do anything about it now. Like, I get what you did. And this is war. There's really nothing you can do. Like, it doesn't benefit the situation to tell the truth, really. At that stage, I think that's, uh, you know, what's done is done. But it was just kind of disappointing. Everything yeah. else with her was cool, though. But I was like, fuck, man, Manon, those could be your homies, dog. 
I'm sorry you have to hang out with him for a little while. Like, damn. Gross. Ew. Yeah. People would rather be hanging <laughs> out with this sky puppy. Oh, my God. See? Manon and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goofy. She gets me. Do you guys have a least favorite part? I do. I loathe. Ooh. Loathe. Ooh. That Adian called Lysandra useless. Uh, if I could reach into a book and strangle a fucking character mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fact then that he put her out basically naked in the snow on her fucking knees, bro. Like, oh, my God. In human form, no less. Not snow oh, leopard form. I'm going to yeah. be honest. I was really rooting for them. I am not anymore because... In my heart, I don't think Adian can come back from that. I really don't. I recognize that he feels like shit and he's he really stressful and stuff yeah. like, oh, but that doesn't give you a right to treat people like shit, especially someone like her doing. And I, again, and I'm not very much in the like, woohoo, I totally agree with the two of them kind of just assuming that this is, like, we're going to go in, you're going to be me after I'm gone. No, 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 no. I don't like that. But the fact that he said that to her and then put her out in the snow, it's just, I don't think he can come back. I'm, I'm out. Like, Tamlin, I'm out. It's tough for me with that scene. I it Because both people, like, fucked up. To assume Adian would be okay with that whole scenario, knowing damn well his fucking trauma around paternity <laughs> and children and family, that is really oh, fucked up of Lysandra <laughs> and Aelin to force him into a certain position to be like, hey, go ahead and procreate with that person. Um, also, they're not your kids, but like, they will be, but like, don't act like, like, it's like a very, very complex situation uh, yeah. that's not great. And he is so like Aelin in the way that he'll lash out. Like, it's almost reminiscent to the scene where, you guys remember when Aelin told Rowan his people deserve to die in genocide? And then he punched no, her in I the face. Remember. That was Aerifier. Oh, I don't. oh, okay. And she was like, yeah, she said, she said a fae, uh, you know, fae like you deserve to die, basically, in like this, because they were talking about the king of uh, Ardalan and everything like that. And it's like the same fucking energy for both of them, where they always fucking go too hard. Like, they get hurt, and granted, both those characters separately were harmed in those interactions but they will so quickly take it to 100 it's not even fucking funny yeah god bless Rowan for punching her in the face (laughs) (laughs) that shit was crazy and that's why I'm not so quick to write off Adian because of I forgave Aelin for excusing genocide I guess I can excuse Adian for being a dick as long as he pays his penance you know I mean I don't think he should just be like sorry like, I think there should be a more uh, satisfying <laughs> emotional resolution there. No, it's just my bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> I don't know you were cool like that. <laughs> he said, "Oh, about that, yeah." <laughs> oh, did I do that? That's crazy. So, oh shit, that was you. <laughs> they're so fucking similar, though. It's like insane. <laughs> my least favorite part in the book happened very quickly. Who's in the beginning of chapter nine, if you will turn to page 99 of our scriptures up at the very top. It starts with uh, talking about Fenris 
His gray jacket was unbuttoned at the top. It gaped open wide enough to reveal a hint of the muscle chest beneath, as if he hadn't bothered to seal it back up in his hurry to leave. Her stomach turned over what he had He'd undoubtedly had to do afterward, with his twin's body still laying on oh, the veranda yeah. tiles behind him. I didn't know he hated me so much, Fenna's rasped. And I, I know that nothing was, like, expressly said, but yeah. Yeah, I think at one point he goes, he says something along the lines of, she made him attend her in the pool of his brother's blood. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucked up, Maeve. <laughs> pretty fucked up. That yeah, really that was my, I needed to take a break to keep from throwing the book in the trash. And I was what? like, hmm, I was like, Reese, is that you? Mm. Oh, no. Yeah, Damn. I said, uh, uh, my tag here, I said, is this Amarantha or Maeve? <laughs> the answer is unfortunately <laughs> yes. So who, that's a really good question I want to pose to you guys. Who was worse? Oh, oh, Maeve or Amarantha? Amarantha or Maeve? Hmm. Maeve, one thousand percent Maeve. I almost feel Maeve like body count wise, Amarantha's killed more people, so that's not great. Yeah, but well, but Maeve has had—I mean, she's done wars and stuff under her command. I have some thoughts Go here. Ahead. <laughs> I think that Maeve is one thousand percent worse, but. I don't hate Maeve. I do mm. understand where her character's kind of I from? understand. I can kind of get it, especially when she had the story and stuff. Now, first of all, I have a huge prediction around Maeve that we're going to end up seeing, and I have the quotes to back it up. But I'm sorry, did um, you bring receipts? I did. I brought all of the receipts. <laughs> yes, I did. But, um, and we'll get to that in, in a bit. But I, I can kind of understand where she's coming from and why she's doing what she's doing. Do I think that she's making great decisions? No, of course not. But I understand it. So I don't hate her. Yeah, it was good to hear, like for the audience, I guess, her her story uh, in Aelin's dreamscape world. Because we've been wondering for a long time kind of her motivations and, and, and more information around her. So who better to have told that story than Maeve, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely can't excuse her actions, but I, it is knowing her backstory now. I'm like, yeah, I'd have probably left there too. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got pretty fucked up here, but uh, <laughs> oof. Wouldn't want to live there either. Well, she didn't have to go and like take over a whole fucking country continent thing and then like go start wars with people and then like, you know, do all of the shit that she got doing and then and then she you know fenris and the blood and the twin thing and the she she don't have to do the things she doing those are actual choices yeah. that she making because she doesn't feel like it yeah i mean i guess the worst thing that amarantha did was what bully an illiterate kid oh <laughs> go ahead and read farah you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> and no. Vera's sitting there doing her little math. She's like, I'm gonna pull the second lever because me and Tamlin, that makes two. Hee hee hee. Reese is like, please <laughs> fucking stop. <laughs> Girl, please. Like, You're really making me want to go back and read Akatar again. I we have to do a reread one day because it's gonna be so crazy going Monday? through. Monday? One day. <laughs> Monday. One, 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 one day. series in one day. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> one of these days. 
<laughs> no, but. Sorry, uh, boss. Cough, cough. I don't feel so good. Cough, cough. <laughs> um, what am I sick with? It's la la acatars. It's the it's acatars. <laughs> you know the new Sorry. disease. <laughs> yeah, I mean both of them are fucked up, Amarantha and Maeve. So it's it, I would have to reread Akatar and then fully understand what Amarantha like the scope of it, and then maybe decide. But not great either way. Okay, did you? What did you guys think? It's the very last thing that I tagged, but it's me in a TikTok page, <laughs> page 583 for me. It's at the end of chapter. Well, it's at the very end of the selection. So 67, <laughs> but it's when we find out on 583 that Kale's dad took all the letters oh from his God. mom. Fucked yeah. up. Fuck oh that guy. But what surprised me was Kale's response. And he was just, all he did was, why? And he didn't want to, he didn't like run to go get them. And his dad was trying to hold it over his head as his last ditch effort to to make some stuff happen. And Kale was just like, wow, you're an asshole. And then left. <laughs> yeah, you fucking And like suck. refused. He ref- I feel like that was him kind of finally overcoming his dad and, and their relationship <laughs> because... He had no power over him anymore, and Kale didn't allow him that. And I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. But uh, I mean, yeah, fuck his dad, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have to say, and don't don't crucify me for this, but that reaction where he said, "Keep the letters." Now that she's left you, it might be the your only way to remember her. <laughs> um, Damn, yeah. I don't make bargains with bastards. I'm certainly not going to start with you. He took it over this, his wife. <laughs> <laughs> but but this right here, this uh, clap back at his dad, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, maybe maybe I like Kale a little bit. It again. was a good scene. It, it only took me all of part one. Yeah, it only took everything <laughs> he had to give. Book. Do you know, there was another part that surprised me that I fucking <laughs> loved. I thought it was funny hilarious on page 464 where dorian had just turned himself into a woman yeah the one the <laughs> first thing that he think i'm like damn it dorian <laughs> he's still a boy <laughs> he was half tempted to find a tent and learn firsthand what certain things felt like mm-hmm <laughs> How, how very predictable i mean okay be so real right now if you could transform into a dude right now you wouldn't touch your own penis be f- that is so not- fucking for real <laughs> if, I, if i turned into a dude i think i would go get a new job damn get higher pay yeah, <laughs> yeah. if i were Listen, a boy if i woke up one day i'm stroking my shit as a dude bro i'm not, i gotta figure out what it's like i want to know what's happening no i need to like Go update my tax information. <laughs> I feel like that's I want to go get my, my privilege card. I did like how he was like very turned on by like the fact that he was like smaller than Manon at those scenes and stuff. Her hand normally is so much smaller than my blah, blah, all this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you kinky bastard. <laughs> but also he would kind of be like a bisexual switches dream, which is me. I'm like, you know what? What if you transformed for me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> be a girl gotta, today be boy tomorrow <laughs> you know whatever you want to experiment with that's fine you want to mix and match parts cool i want to see something <laughs> yeah i'm trying to see something a lot of something but that would be very cool for me personally 
So I will say I did enjoy that part. It's it's a yeah, it's a little predictable. Dorian's still that like fuck boy deep down. I thought it was funny. Yeah. He's a fuck boy. I love that. <laughs> I did laugh at Broen once, oh, at yeah. least. On page 61, he was talking about how relationships have been changing with him and his dude friends. And he said, strange. It was still strange to work with the lion, with Lorcan, without the bonds of Maeve's oath binding them to do so. Mm. To know that they were here by choice. What it now made them, Rowan wasn't entirely certain. And I was like, <laughs> friends? <laughs> no. I don't know about that. Well, way to put a label on it, okay? Like, yeah, dude, what the we're hell? We're just ready for that stuff. In our relationship. <laughs> yeah. They've only been alive a couple hundred years. Like, I don't rush into anything crazy. I was just like, wow, man. You, you Are you good? Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Goofy. Can I talk about something that I feel like was supposed to surprise me, but fucking didn't? What? The pregnancy. Ugh. Like, okay. Here's, I don't wanna. Sarah, I get it. Sarah loves happy endings, and she loves to reward her favorite characters with babies. She fucking eats that shit up. The minute Rowan had that vision of, like, Aelin's pregnant with their fifth child or some shit crazy, I was just like... Honestly, and when I first read that scene, I was like, wow, Sarah loves Aelin so much because I know what kids mean to Sarah in that sense. Like, that's like these characters' yeah. ultimate goals. It is a very beautiful thing. Do I love pregnancy tropes? No. But the reason specifically I wasn't surprised with the whole Kale and Irene moment was a lot of it boiled back to this is going outside of the text. This is an interview I think we've actually referenced with Sarah JMS before where. She talks about how if she could take characters from different franchises and put them together, how Feyre and Kale would be a very good couple. And she's like, oh, my God, I want to read fan fiction about them. She just, like, thinks that, that so pairing that would work. And I can see it. Her, her reasoning made sense. But the minute I heard that, I was like, because she rewarded Feyre with a little baby. Yeah. And Kale, okay, he's next. Like, they feel the characters that Sarah would give children to at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the minute, dude, when Rowan had that fucking vision of all their kids, and there were so many of them, I was like, Sarah fucking loves Aelin. That's why I know she's not going to die. She's not. That's And that's her baby. That's a character that's been with her probably half her life. Because she f like came up there, what, at like 16? Yeah. Plus, she also had an interview here recently. She, she um, Somebody was like, oh, Thorner Glass is done, right? And right. then she was, she, was, she was like, is it? I don't know. Yeah. Is it? She said she missed them. She was like, oh, I don't know. So I don't know how she would. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> We're all back again. Yeah. If they I died. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind when they did like with the Akatar books where they did the Frost and Starlight like Christmas episode version of the books. It'd be kind of nice after years of war and torture and trauma just to see these characters like in Terrison, maybe they have one baby so far and they're chilling like it would be really nice to see them in a peaceful place but i felt like when irene was like putting her little her little hand on her abdomen doing her thing like that was supposed to be like sarah's like oh no one thinks i'm gonna do this and i'm like sarah this is the most predictable ass shit <laughs> like this big reveal where kale's dad is like Hey, uh, you know your wife's pregnant, right? You know, like that whole big reveal. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, fucking obviously. So, uh, you know, congrats. <laughs> congrats to them. Speaking of Yolanda and uh, 
<laughs> her father-in-law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. Whenever she was like, "Oh, I want to, want to watch," and then I'll bring snacks. Oh yeah, on <laughs> page four hundred fifty-four. Yeah, with Aiden. Yeah, when she was, yeah. gonna, when he was gonna meet Aiden. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> She's like, "I'll bring the popcorn." <laughs> She had drama. <laughs> and then she made sure, Sarah made sure to note later that whenever she did go, she did not, in fact, bring snacks. And I was like, <laughs> damn, you missed your opportunity. Hate to see it. If they would have had snacks, then it would have been the perfect scene. <laughs> Goofy. That's what makes it. And then uh, a little while later, though, on 456, I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. Whenever Aelin was like, no, but your son is Hand of the King, which means he outranks you. <laughs> Haven't you told him that? That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, damn, girl, eviscerate him. Mm-hmm. She roasted him. She said no fire necessary. First of all, <laughs> God is ass. Did you notice that she got another name? Yes. The fairy, fairy queen, queen of, of the, the West. West. Yeah. Fucking, of course. Sarah said, you can have as many titles for as many babies as you have. Okay, we're going to have 20 (laughs) babies. You're going to have a thousand years, have a million babies. Did you guys see the little folk coming? Yes. Yeah, me too. They set that up so early and like throwing a glass. Uh, They're just such bays. Yeah, it was cute though. Like I liked because there are some early moments in like the first book where, you know, they're setting up this special relationship between them as they're journeying back. And I think even, like, Dorian, like, calls it out and is like, whoa, that's crazy. So I did feel it. I liked how important they were. (laughs) I liked that they returned her crown to her. That was cool. Yeah. But how how does that work politically? Like, what does she got to do for them? What what does being Fairy Queen of the West mean? Does that, like, what? (laughs) She got to go to meetings. I don't think we have any idea. She got to go to meetings. (laughs) Yeah, like, she's like, do you guys like pay like taxes? Do you guys like <laughs> do you have like a formal law system? Like what's kind of like what is she what does that mean? Sarah? <laughs> Weekly book studies. Just Maybe a, somebody a, could eventually record it and then put it on the uh connected, you know, brain waves. They could call it like the interbrain. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what about favorite characters for this section? I do want to talk about couples as well. But those can be two separate. Just depends what you guys are thinking. I mean, I've kind of said my moment earlier. I think Balin's got to be my favorite character this section, which is fair. It's her book. It's her story. So I guess <laughs> Fairy Queen of the West. Sure. You can be my favorite. Ew. I don't know what that means, but it's cool. So nobody knows <laughs> what it means, but it's provocative. So it's cool. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, this is fine. Probably it's just my favorite right now. I would like to see some cool moments. I'm sure we're going to see a bunch in part two of everybody, though. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And what your think... favorite cuddle was uh what, Adian? Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, right there with uh, Nehemia. Oh my god. Listen. My favorite character I think has to be Tide. Okay. Between <laughs> between Aelin and Rowan. Mm. Good choices for both. Because of and and that's funny to me because I always have problems. Listen, Sarah, <laughs> if you're out there, I love the ends of most of your books and I love the endings of your series. However, wow. your main characters in the beginning are whiny little <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> who, them. 
who don't know how to solve a puzzle. I had to beg you to give Feyre a chance, dude. I was like, please. She gets better. Please. She learns how to read and how to handle herself. No, she's my favorite. But yeah, same uh, with Selena. The fact that I I love Aelin so much in this this round just because of what she's enduring and how she's kind of keeping it together. But... My, I, I do have a favorite couple, and it is not them. Is it Alita and Lorcan? It is. Yes, fucking go! Dude, me too! I fucking love them! Oh my god, it was so good! It was one specific part, and if they hadn't had this one specific part, it would not have gone to them. So it all rested on one, one little bit. Was it her going to rescue him, or was it his it confession was. on the horse? Okay. Well, it was it was his well it was it was him, but okay. Now, I believe that we have reason to believe that they are indeed mates. Now, if you Wait, turn to me, hold on, hold on a second. Are we talking about? Oh, okay, never mind. I'm with you. My brain took a little vacation. I'm good. Continue. Okay. <laughs> if you turn to page five ten in chapter fifty nine, it says she would know. She being uh, the lead. She would know if he were dead. He being, of course, Lorcan. Mm -hmm. She would know it in her heart, her soul, if he were gone. That's that's one piece right there. Now, a couple pages later, on 516, right? Hellas, this is Fenris is talking to the group. Hellas guards Lorcan and Aeneas is consort watches over Elite. Perhaps they will find each other. Because he had said, um, he had kind of been talking about how they were meant to be together. And the fact that the gods that they're talking about, which now we know are not actually gods, that they are a couple also, I think further pushes them in that direction. So I think that by those things right there, we, we already know that they are indeed mates. It's just further proof. But the next section was that I flagged was 520, a couple pages later. And it's a quote that says, I promised to always find you. I promised you and you promised me. I came for you because of it. I am here because of it. I am here for you. Do you understand? And if we don't get onto that horse now, we won't stand the chance against that damn we will die. And then what's his response? He gets up on the fucking horse. And then on 524, he's going to sacrifice himself. This complete total jerk, right? He's going to sacrifice himself. Here in her ear, he whispers, I love you. I have loved you from the moment you picked up that axe to slay the Ilkin. And I will be with Mm. you. I will be with you always. I love you. Motherfucker. You big bully, you meaty <laughs> pants. I and you softy. <laughs> I cried. I, I was, was so nervous. Lovering fucking mess. I was like on the edge of my seat, well, my couch, and <laughs> I lost my shit. That's whenever I, I like took my book and I smacked my husband. I was like, would you do this, please? <laughs> and he said, of course. And I'm like, yeah. that's the only correct answer. Yeah, that was super sweet. I loved like her knowing that that was happening too because I'm in my head. I'm like, Lorcan, you fucking bitch. She went back to save you. Don't make it for nothing. And then she fucking like, you ripped her nails. Not. And she's like, we're going. We're both going down, buddy. 
we we ride or die literally dude like we are riding this horse or we're dying <laughs> we only have one choice we're not horsing around here <laughs> oh. i did love them though i put them as my favorite couple they've been kind of my favorite for a while i like lorkin's a complicated character i'm still mad at him but he did only like summon people only for a lead like i get it not great communication uh, I hate music communication uh. tropes, but their love story is is so good. And oh my god, it just kind of wore my heart too. Leading up into that scene, where Alid's like, "Where the fuck is Lorkin?" Because no one looked, and she's, yeah, "Where right. is he?" And no one fucking moves to go get his ass, and she's hobbling down, yeah, on her one foot, bro. Like I'm gonna go get him, and I was like, "Wow!" Like she's just such a. She's a character that's portrayed in such a way that, like, she's supposed to be scared of the world. She's locked away for a long time. And this, like, she has a lot of trauma in and of herself. But she's just, like, never fucking back down. She's like, how, how would Manon do this? How would, uh, how would Astrid do this? Can I complain and say, why the fuck is she still injured? <laughs> yeah, that kind of ticks me Irene off. Irene will do it. She did. There is a moment where Irene's, like, eyesight goes straight to her fucking leg. And I'm like, please, fix it. I'm sick and tired. If she ends the damn book limping, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> no, that's, that is a prediction. I think she's actually it. why Sarah wants to come back to the book. She's like, ooh, I forgot. I left a couple um, strings. <laughs> yeah, I love them. I did put, I kind of tied a tie for the favorite couple, though. I put Aelin and Rowan, too. They just had so many good moments. The whole stories about them, the whole, the whole series, to, in my mind, as someone who likes romance and, like, looks for media to have that specifically. I think Aelin and Rowan might have one of the best love stories of all time, to be honest. Their love for each That's, other is very yeah. pure and very good. Um, it's just very, uh, it's just beautiful. You know, it the really is, acceptance yeah. and the love and the unconditional side of it. And it, it's beautiful. I would really love to see Air of Fire written in Rowan's point of view, because that's like the start of their kind of journey. I think that'd be really cool. Like when he, he makes a reference to where, when he bit her that first time, that his bl- uh, like her, her blood sung to him. I was like, yeah. "What the fuck? Damn!" I, gotta, I mean, I knew it. Yeah. But. I gotta be honest. I think I like Rowan better than Reese, which is fucking yeah. insane That's because a- I am so in love with Reese. Yeah, and I think I like Rowan better than Cassian. Whoa, Rowan's yeah. number one. Wow. Them wow. because them some spicy words because they are under Adian, right? They are, <laughs> they are so similar, though. Yeah, you know. And the thing that got me with Cassian was just his his himbo, you know, <laughs> attitude, but also the the female empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I think Rowan doesn't have the himbo, of course, but he's he does have the female empowerment. So then it's just himbo versus like romantic, whatever. All and I think Rowan wins. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's my really favorite character. Yeah, I do have to say that Broen just takes the cake for me. He he definitely makes that couple. So any couple that has a person in it that I think would smell like mint, they just have to be my favorite couple. Fuck okay. off! He smells like snow and pine trees yep. or some shit. Tell me that's not mint. He like, smells like Christmas. Yeah, we've referred to him as a hot-ass Santa Claus before, so. <laughs> so, Broen and Aelin are my favorite couple because yeah. of that. And I also 
want to mention on page 570, whenever Aelin was spreading the rumor about <laughs> it him. It was cute. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I wrote, this is adorable and 1000% something I would do. <laughs> and um, I love that they don't take themselves super duper seriously all the time. Yeah, and they have good banter. I love that. I think that's fantastic. I agree. I wish, I wish Rowan was in Baldur's Gate 3. Oh my god. <laughs> I can roll bits him. Make him your guardian. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It would be hard for me to compare Reese and Rowan. I would probably say... I'd still pick Reese. I don't know. Because I think my problem is I'd pick Aelin and I would pick Reese. <laughs> like I would I would Sherry pick, not to be together, but in the sense of I think my favorite main character that I, that we've read so far. We haven't gone through Crescent City and all that jazz yet, but I think I prefer Aelin to all of her like female main characters, though Nesta's probably mm-hmm. really close up there. Um, yeah. But Reese does do some things I don't agree with sometimes, so it's it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Rowan is a great choice though. Rowan He's everything. I think, I don't know, I almost want to say my favorite will be Lucian. I feel like when I get my Elaine book, I'll really like Lucian the most. I think I'm going to hate Elaine. Yep. I disagree. (laughs) I disagree, and I'm saving this sound clip for when we inevitably get to her book, and then you're like, they're so whiny at the beginning, and then Sarah turns it around like she always fucking does, and then you guys are like, wait, I love Elaine, and I'll be like, fucking no. No, I never said, I never said, I never said said that. Literally, dude. (laughs) No. Dude. You know, there was another thing I wanted to bring up, and I just want to talk for just a second about how utterly sad and super depressed Dorian is. Mm-hmm. On page 286, at the end of chapter 34, when he's been having to like wrestle with his mind about who he wants to be, the only thing that he can come up with is happy. Well, poor little baby. All I wanted to do was just give him a big hug. And it made me so sad because he is just, I mean, of course, then a couple chapters later, he changed into a woman and then wants to fuck himself. But, you know, it's... <laughs> I complex. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's like such a complex character. <laughs> but it just made me so sad that he he just wanted to be happy. Someone worthy of my friend's a king worthy of his kingdom for a heartbeat, snow white hair and golden eyes flashed in his head or his <clears> mind. <throat> Happy, he whispered and wrapped a hand around Maris's hilt. Let go of that lingering scrap of terror. The poor little baby. Yeah, that makes me feel for him. But at the same time, like I like him, I guess, even subconsciously thinking about Manon and Dorian as like Manon is his happiness. That's who he thinks of when he thinks happy. Um, but they were probably my least favorite couple of this section. Agreed. I was so bored. Uh, On that point, on in our scriptures on page 537, whenever he and her talking about getting married, Mm -hmm. he was like, So you would marry me all so we could aid Saracen in this war? She said, Aelin is willing to die to end this conflict. Why should she bear the brunt of the sacrifice? 
And I was just like, God damn, you just you just said that marrying him is like dying. And mm-hmm. the only thing that popped up in my mind is Avatar The Last Airbender whenever <laughs> um, Zuko is like, oh, that's rough, buddy. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's their dynamic there is really interesting. I loved that scene as far as like Manon's vulnerability and and Dorian constantly being, I want you to respond to me in this way. I want you to ask me to do these things. I want you to have that vulnerability. And then in the moment that she does, he's not able to answer her request, I guess, like in a way. Like that was very upsetting, especially when like after Manon is like, I thought we kind of agreed. That's why we kind of did all that. And I was like, oh, oh, oopsie. <laughs> so she was vulnerable one fucking time in her whole life. She said, I guess we can get married or whatever. And he said, ooh. After she compared it to dying and sacrificing herself. Yeah. My my yeah. thing is like, why yeah. not? Like, he's going to die eventually anyway. And then you just like live a long life by yourself. Like, it's like a blip in your life. Just get married until death to your part. And then he's going to die. Oh no! <laughs> you got she's like stay young years. and beautiful Damn. forever, and then he's gonna fucking get old and fucking die unless they figure something else around that. But I, I, I don't think so. So I mean, you know, she wouldn't have to be married for that long. So you think she should just what take one for the team? Take one for the team, dude. <laughs> oh my god! Make your happy. Well, for I mean, a few she years. did put herself on a platter for that. Yeah, and then and he then was he like, said, nah. nah. <laughs> What if I just I don't go like to certain him. death instead? And she's like, oh, um, hmm. I just don't like them together. I really, it's not I just unsalvageable don't. for me, but I get it. Yeah, same. I, I just, it, oh, God, their section was so boring to me. And I was just, those are the ones that I tagged the least stuff when I was reading. Mm-hmm. There's a big chunk where it was, it was a lot of them together. And I don't think I tagged a single fucking thing about witches this entire book. Um, yeah i didn't not so far not one thing i I was was trying to be serious you guys are always the serious ones and talking about like oh i have legitimate predictions and i'm like i think that there's gonna be another puppy so um i was all trying to to pick stuff out and be like "Ooh, i bet they didn't notice this so I have stuff. I have I have a couple things. Okay. I'm sure we get when we get into our predictions, we'll go through it. Yeah. I also want to say, this is also kind of tied, so I'm sorry about that, but Nesserin and Sartak, I guess, just because their sections still don't really stand out to me. Like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, they've been together forever. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they left the out. mountains, so I stopped caring. Yeah, I was just like, okay, <laughs> like, that's fine. Nesserin and Sartak, that's fine. Good for you guys. Good for you. Go fly around. I was more interested in the mountains than the couple. (laughs) Yeah. They I'm more interested in Dorian and Manon than I am Nesra and Sartek, but at least Nesra and Sartek, I'm like, okay, well, that's like pretty uh solidified, you know. That's how that's gonna be. So good for Nesra, honestly. I miss his ponytail. Yeah. (laughs) I hate when the long haired daddies always fucking get their hair chopped off in these fucking series. If they do that to fucking Lucian, I swear to God. He doesn't have a ponytail, though. Oh, he just has long hair. Because they took Rowan's long hair away. I hated that. Yeah. I like long hair. Yeah. Let him keep it. I get it. So, if it's a character moment. I love a man bun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you guys have any questions though before we get into any kind of addictions? Because I know we we all have those. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions, like things that you didn't have answered? I have a lot of questions around like the parent stuff. I guess like with Dorian's parents, like his mom. Where the fuck is she? Where's his little brother? Why do they keep bringing them up and then not telling me about it? Are they a plot point later? Like, I don't really have enough evidence to really point toward anything specific, but I'm like, where are they? And then Kale's like, came here to see my mom and my sibling or whatever, and like, they're gone. And I'm like, okay, where are these people? <laughs> where are they? Where are oh, they? What have they been doing? Friend? What do they feel Away. about what's they're happening? They're on a retreat. Are they together? <laughs> like, what's They're on a vacation. Happening? Yeah, they're skiing. They went to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just kind of like, um... I would like to know what's kind of going on with that because I feel like especially with um, Dorian's mom and like his brother, like his brother was like a not a plot point, but always something that was referenced as like, can't let him be on the throne because he's going to do X, Y, Z or something like that. And it's like, okay, where the fuck are they, dog? Are they even going to be alive by the time we get back to them? And I would really like to have a scene with Kale and his mom where he's like, hey, remember those letters? Dad fucking uh, did some stupid shit. I would like to have that moment of resolution, but I don't even know if we'll really focus. It's not obviously there's so many bigger plot points happening in this story that I don't even know if I'll get answers to those. It'd be nice if Kale's mom and him were reunited and uh, she, Irene had given birth and the mom holds her grandbaby. And like, that's how it ends. No more. (laughs) And then the bogs swoop in and. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It would be nice. What about you guys? I do have some questions, but Purple, what do you think? I have a couple. One that I don't think that you guys have probably mentioned ever, and I'm like pretty proud of myself. I feel like we, I discovered a new trope within this book. The suicide pact. I think that's that's a new trope because it's in this book. A bajillion times. It's in the other book. It's in Akatar. I mm-hmm. feel like that's it's a new trope that hasn't been listed anywhere. Kind of like the pregnancy thing. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely an established thing and it's dumb. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's cute. I'm like, okay. I worked really hard to pull that out. I'm just like <laughs> mad at Reese and Feyre still. I'm like, you're dumb, bro. What if you die? <laughs> Which, you know, fucking if you haven't read the Court of Silver Flames, sorry, but. <laughs> Oops. Surprise. Another question that I had was about uh Elied, Elid, mm-hmm. Elsie, Eliza. Oh. So she she has witch blood in her her blood. Blood? Lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so they're they're all like, oh my god, because she's human and he's not. But if she has witch blood in her, wouldn't she be long lived? See, long, I'm long hoping lived. for that. Long, long live the <laughs> lady. Whatever. Yeah. Well, wouldn't like, she? Is a drop of witch blood, so it might not be enough for her to. But there is foreshadowing for that. Yeah, there is. I think it's going to happen. Otherwise, her and Lorca together is a hot mess. Yeah, I think that's why we've spent so much time. When you think about it. We've had one other character have a quote-unquote cycle this whole time where it was like a plot point in the book. And it was Selena when like Kale was like, oh my god, I'm going to bring you cake or whatever. That was a whole moment, right? But with Alid, I think it was, 
Empire of Storms, where she mentions something about having her period be irregular and like what that means. And she doesn't want to think about it. And it's like a really quick, like one, two sentences where she says some shit like that. And we keep going back to the cycles and the that whole thing. And I just feel like the only reason we're getting that from Elite is I hope that they're setting something up where because I know they kind of established some of the lore with the witch stuff, like your power, like that's not going to start until you basically start your cycle. And obviously Elite was living when magic was not a thing and all that stuff. So I almost wonder if, if it's catching up. Yeah, I think I think it'd be really cool if something with that happened where they kind of, you know, because they, they've been kind of building up to it for a while. Like at least that one or two line. I think we pointed it out when, when you know, when we go through the tandem read again, I'll maybe look at it. But whoa, like whoa. One or you two have line. to reread that. I have to edit it. Oh, okay. So I have to Don't listen to our me. thoughts all the time. <laughs> but there's one or two lines that we point out specifically that are like, what the fuck? <clears throat> so I hope that comes back, dude. I, I would love that. Unless she fucking dies. lead like becomes a witch and then does the yielding immediately. <laughs> I'll Shut kill myself. Front door. <laughs> I, it I hate it. <laughs> Don't even fucking say that. That's not, that's not this funny. This was the last podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, it's a shame I'll never finish the book now. Damn. (laughs) That would be crazy. I do. I have one more question. I think the rest of them I I can do with uh, predictions. Mm. So about the gods. On page 50, I know before and a little bit after they were talking about how the gods aren't really gods. They're like aliens or whatever. Yeah. Um, Which odd, but go off. But on page 50, they were talking about how the all-seeing one does not claim kinship with the other other ones, the spineless creatures, Gavin growled. Dorian could have sworn a dusty bone-dry wind rattled through the past. Then what is he? And then he says, can there not be many gods from many places, some born of this world and some born elsewhere? So question does that mean that some of them are aliens and some of them are actually gods i kind of picture for like the people who've come over from other planes that they're kind of like superman i guess where he's like normal on his planet and then he comes here and he's like oh my god y'all are fucking weak as shit (laughs) i don't know i wouldn't say it's alien i feel like it's the same land just different time period except for like mave and shit like that i guess but i don't know if i would consider that alien it's I'm glad that you brought this up because that's actually where my questions are is because there's a couple of other places where some interesting things are pointed out. One would be for me on page 284 where Dorian is talking to Caltane about the other side. And (laughs) she says that I am not allowed to say who dwells here with me. So that would almost make it seem like they're all kind of spectating this realm now after they die she ends up also saying at the top here of the page that she knows that aelin and selena are the same person and he's like you know who she is and she says that death has its advantages which makes me feel like it's describing that they're almost spectating the realm after they die and they can see things And then, of course, he goes on and says, I'm not allowed to say who dwells here with me. And Dorian responds with, who forbids you from doing so? If the 12 gods of this land were stranded in Aurelia, they certainly didn't rule over other realms. So they can't be the ones to tell her that she can't talk. And Keltane's lips curved upward. I'm not allowed to say either. 
And when she, when he opened his mouth and say more, she cut him off. There are other forces at work beyond what is tangible and what is known. So I'm wondering if maybe there's going to be some things in Crescent City that come into play here. Because then he goes to clarify other gods. And then she didn't answer. Then she didn't answer. But moving on to the other piece, which is page 385. It's just like a throwaway line, but it, you know, it calls for question where at the very bottom of 385, it says they've taken out two commanders, but three more still remained. Not princes. Thank the gods here. And the 36 in, um, I don't know, the Kaganit, but Valg all the same. So thank the gods here and the 36, which means that they are in addition to that. They're not, one and the same. They're not lumped together. Yeah. So then that would go to, and then you, we also go back to what you said in page 50, where he says the all seeing one. So I'm just wondering who is a God and who is not a God mm-hmm. is You're not a God. Plane, and who is not <laughs> because we're getting a lot of this stuff, but none of it really makes any sense. I had watched a TikTok that had said, Oh, you know, you finished Agatar and then throwing a glass. you break before going to crescent city and the person's like move and they made some faces and said no you need to go straight into crescent city so i'm wondering if there's a connection here with this piece specifically and that a lot of this will make sense after we read crescent city that would definitely be interesting because they don't have too much time left in this book or series really to give us a ton of i mean they've given us obviously a lot of gods and information and what do they do and what do they not do and why are they like we've gotten a lot of it but at the same time mm-hmm. we don't know like i almost wonder the bird that like Maeve, like she trapped some like person and or spirit owl, and or yeah. god and they're also like a Silva. healing person like are they actually silver are they someone else like are we yeah. actually going to be able to talk to one of the gods in person without going to some mystical temple and have a time limit like what's what's the going stars on? are not in position for this kind but, of tribute. you know stars, and the other thing is not today how does aelin's mom talk to her in her head is that a figment of aelin's imagination whenever it's going through cuz she's hysterical and going through some stuff or is that connected to this you know, other plane where they're spectating what's going on. And how did she cross the plane to be able to talk in her head? Unless it's Aelin having some hallucinations, in which case that's that's completely feasible. But I'm wondering, because because it sounds like they're all spectating, mm-hmm. um, that that would mean that her mom was watching her. But how did she reach through the veil? And when Dorian was using the sword to bring about his ancestor. Mm-hmm. How did Caltain answer the call? How did that work? Because if well, they almost make it sound like, like cousins or whatever. But it but they're <laughs> making it sound like you're channeling a specific person. That's why Aelin could always get Elena specifically on the, on the spirit phone? phone. I think it's on a the different realm phone. though, right? Because the dead people and the gods are in different because, like, that's a separate area. Like, Keltane said it was, like, a different god, I guess, or gods, maybe. Like a different area code. Yeah, you know. Well, in the same sense of, like, even even Nehemia gave that message to Aelin earlier on of, like, you're lucky I answered this call because anyone could. I think it abides by different rules, potentially, because I do think that those two are separate. I do think that the 
the gods that we're trying to talk to are like those other beings. And then, like they said, too, there's like, maybe they've just been there for longer. Who knows? There's other gods over other realms, that kind of thing. I did have one little thing with the whole mom scene with Aelin. Obviously, it could be a drug-based hallucination. It could be a lot of different things. Do those, like, through tr- going through those portals and doors internally for three months, like, do you, are you able to access other worlds through that way? But interestingly enough, I'm kind of curious. Akatar always had the mother, and she was the one that, like, gave, when Nesta gave up her power to save Farah, she gave her a crumb of it back, and they're always called the mother. And I'm like, is that. Is there like a god or something along that line? Or would some spirit be taking that spot of the mother? Or would that be like a special, I don't say a special channel, but like there's <laughs> there's a million gods. There's not a one god of like the moms. <laughs> I really like the idea though, Aelin's mom being like the mother or Aelin's power in some way, like going into that. That'd be really cool. Well, I think there's definitely evidence to believe that this this series in the timeline is in the past, and then Akatar happens, and then after that, it's Crescent City. So yeah, they're on different planes and whatever, and it's on top of each other, but in different universes, whatever. But I think that this is still something that happened in the past, and then we have Akatar. I agree. I don't know. It's possible that that's the mother, or what if Aelin's the mother? Aelin's whenever she has the, when Whenever she wow. has her kids and dies. Yeah, because eventually she will go. But she's still sassy AF. I don't really, I mean, you don't really get a sense of the mother's personality. You just see little moments, I guess. Yeah. Her keeping a little crumb of that power to Nista, which is interesting because Aelin burned with silver flames at one point. Oh, my God. Like, well, so did Keltane, which yeah. I think is interesting, too. Where did that come from? Yeah. And we just never got back to it. No, we're really busy. <laughs> really busy yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff to happen so it's yeah it's interesting there's there's a lot there's a lot going on I almost wonder with Caltane too why did everyone pick her individually was it just her position and like who she was in the throne of glass book or is it Caltane has probably the most vogue look of anybody with the dark hair and the dark eyes and the look like what's going I on I thought there? he knew that she had magic in her um yeah, heritage just having magic doesn't mean anything when... There are a lot of people that did. There's a lot of people that have magic. And within his like proximity at that time, too. So I I, do, I am kind of curious why her. Does that tie into the whole god thing? Or does that just tie into... We know how Maeve looks with her dark features. Not saying he's trying to emulate Maeve necessarily. Though that could be interesting. Um, but is it more of like a, that's just what Valg women look like in this world? So like, you just went for that? Well, is, it just, is it that simple? I'm so very glad that you brought that up. I think I know what they look like. Baddies? I think they're spiders. And I think that Maeve <clears throat> is a spider. Great. Yep. And I have the receipts. This is my big moment. Okay. Now, on page five. The Dark Queen, with a spider's smile, tried to wield it against her. In the obsidian webs she wove, the illusions and dreams she spun, at the culmination of each breaking point, the queen tried to twist the memory of him in her mind. So that's pretty strong right there for spider time. 
Is it like, do you think it's like how the fairies are where like Aelin can be human and fairy and like Rowan can be a bird and a human? Like, do you think it's, or not human, but you know what I mean? Do, do you think it's like that? Or do you think they're masking their true form and they don't actually, they're not actually able to transform in that sense? Well, I hate spotters. So on page 184, it says, uh, Maeve is saying, to a fair, lovely world where there was no war, no darkness, not like that which she had been born to or born uh, she was a queen there too, was able to hide herself within a new body so that none could know what she was beneath. Not who she was, what she was. All right. So that so, even her own husband would not recognize her. So here's where I want to draw a line and I want to say, fuck everybody for telling me that I overreact. Because I've been telling you time and time again for 29 forever years that spiders are evil and they will crawl into your ears and take over your brain and walk you like a puppet. That's always been Don't true, right? Don't fucking tell. Yes. See? Right here in literal black and white. Don't fucking tell me I'm overreacting when I say we need to burn down the whole goddamn house when there's a fucking spider. I'm telling you, I'm trying to save the universe. Mm -hmm. Isn't there like in, oh gosh, what game is it? Isn't it one of the Dark Souls game where there's like a spider lady and like the top, like waist up lady and then the bottom waist down is spider? Well, you got Dungeons and Dragons and then you also have, that was also in uh, Dragon Age. I feel like that's what she looks like. Half you think spider, half lady. What's that? Think- lady say Loth. Loth was the yeah the drow oh, yeah. queen yeah, lady, yeah, 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 the yeah, spider yeah. lady. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what she looks like. That's what I picture in my head. But I think she's a spider. I don't think that she looks like. Well, I'm glad we got Aelin. Aelin's super uh, ready to burn the whole goddamn house down. But they said a new body, which means she very well could have stolen it. Like I said, they crawl into your brain and walk you like a puppet. Wait. Okay. No. So we know <laughs> that the whole spider thing with the shapeshifter, how when he agreed to give those years of his life... It took like a crumb of his like power, like that whole kind of thing. Because originally the gods kind of want them to send Maeve back and they're going to go fucking fuck her shit up over there. But if they kill Maeve, like that whole agreement with like the spiders and like their ability to take power in years from people, who did she take that from then? And then would that go back? And how would that change the original deal of the gods too? Is that why we did the whole shapeshifter losing years of his life to the spiders and because and, and his powers were always weakened because the fucking spiders took it who is she really i need to know a spider i don't know spider i hardly know her <sighs> maybe i think i think that that's very possible that she stole the body you know what it's interesting what if it's the body of the person who's the owl and then killing her brings back the other person i think it'd be cool if it was silba but i don't know if that's gonna happen That'd be cool. Uh, I could take, I mean, she took the transformation powers, didn't she? So that would go back to the individual. Oh, oh, wait. What if Silba's the mother? She lived in a building that had something called the womb. Yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting, though. Hmm. 
that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that there's way more about that than we have even considered yet. Yeah, I think I, she's this, a spider. This last part of the book is going to be crazy. I agree. Really, the only predictions I have are like, I feel like we're going to form the lock. I don't really know how it's going to happen. I do think that's going to happen, though. Um, I just wish I want Aelin to get the killing blow on Erwan, honestly. Or uh, Maeve, I guess, because Aelin didn't get to kill Arbin. She didn't get to kill Karn or Karen, whatever the fuck his torture name is. Like, there's been a lot of significant people. Like, she did get to kill the person who killed Nehemia. She did get to kill the person that killed Sam. All of those are great. Obviously, one of those is set up. But, like, the big bads in her individual life, she got to, like, other people have taken care of them for her. Not taken care of them for her, but the situation was like, you know, she's like, Lysandra, just fucking stab his ass, bro. I don't got time for this. You know, <laughs> like, go off. I want her to have the killing blow on at least one of those two. Like, she didn't kill the king. Like, there's so many people that, like, she has had reason to kill and or desire to kill. And I have yet to see it for, like, the big baddies of the series. Now, because she used her her killing blow that she was going to use to take out Maeve, I almost am leaning toward it being Erewhon, maybe? I don't know if she'll be able to kill Maeve. I I think maybe the Fae peoples, like, the former members of the her group will be able to kill her. And I think that'd be a really good um, justified, like a revenge story. I would love if Fenris did it. I would love if it was Fren- Fenris, Lorcan, Rowan, like a like whole fucking team taking her fucking ass out. I would love it. But I want Aelin to kill before she loses her powers for good, which is also my prediction as we've been over. I want her mm-hmm. to have one big killing blow on a big baddie and have it be a good moment because I've been waiting for it for eight books. <laughs> hmm. I think she's going to kill Maeve. And yeah. there's the reason why I think that is because Rowan at one point sits down and talks about how much he wishes he could kill her, but that that belongs, that kill belongs to Aelin. Will Erewhon kill Maeve and then she'll get Erewhon then maybe? He's like, oh my god, you lied and like sent my brothers back and you did all this dumb shit? Though it would be nice if it was Maeve, as long as it's one of the big bads. I just want her to kill one of them. <laughs> I don't ask for much. Like, just do it. But well, I guess we'll see. I can I, can I have a soapbox moment now? Of course. Okay. So I have two predictions. One of them is significantly smaller, so we'll start with that one. So we are looking at Adian on three ninety one. Uh, he, um, I won't read the thing, but he got Aelin's dad's sword and Aelin's dad's shield, and I was like, I wonder if we're setting up for him to take over the actual country. Because he's got both the sword and the shield now. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think that'll. Play and those out. were like the the actual like Dumaflachis for their their little. I think it's more. Hit. He's a symbol of preserving mm-hmm. like their culture and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always took it as that. I I don't think he's gonna rule no i think mm. aelin's gonna be left with her little crumb of water magic and nothing else and i think adian will live as well unless unless aelin did go to rule but she went to the Feylands. no that was Wendland. Uh... they yeah they, they kind of threw out some some random person the, yeah but if she ended up becoming the like if she left to go to Wendelin and she ruled that land and Adian took over Terrison, that could happen. 
I don't think so, but it could. I get him when we see it like the opposite. Like I, I feel like Aelin will always do Terrison. That's what she feels her, is home. Yeah, I could see her expanding and like giving another area to Adian as like a as a thing <laughs> for sure. But with even with Rowan's scent being the scent of Terrison, I don't think she she not going nowhere. If she live, she live in there. <laughs> like yeah, I think I think she's kind of locked in. But it'd be interesting to see so many of her allies go to different areas. Well, my soapboxy thing, uh, it's going to be significantly shorter. I brought less receipts, but I brought two. I brought two receipts. Okay. So on page 51, when Dorian was talking to Gavin and he asked him, am I human? And Gavin just was like, I'm not the person who can answer that question. I don't think he's human. So they were also talking. I didn't mark it in here. But he was talking about how previously his dad was the Vogue dude when he impregnated his mom. So theoretically, because he was freaking out thinking that his little brother is, that's why he's like a sociopath is because he's got little Vogue monster blood in him or whatever. Sure. So if that's a thing, okay. Which didn't happen with Duva, by the way. Maybe because the pregnancy didn't come to fruition yet? I don't know how it works. Maybe it's because that was a princess. Because Duva was possessed by a princess, a chick, and his dad was possessed by a dude. And, Hmm. you know, with the spermy dude shit. Right, right. That's what it's called. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to move on. Anyways, (laughs) so if... That's a thing. And if his dad fucked his mom and got her knocked up and mm-hmm. boom, out came Dorian. And Dorian, who already has like non-human shit in his blood from like way back when, that's how he's connected to Aelin. Because they're like... I love they brought that up, by the way. Because <laughs> everybody's like, like 27th yeah, cousins. Yeah. <laughs> twice removed or some shit. So that means that theoretically... He could be part Valg. Now, what that would actually I think would be interesting was if he he still he has that Fey blood in him. Yes, yeah. And we remember that that's how the witches came about. Was that the Fey people and the Valg people and they all like right got it on? So could Dorian be a witch dude, a Blackbeak witch dude? And then the other receipt that I brought home. He would be croaking, wouldn't he, then? If he had the fake ancestry? But he has but he has Volg from his dad. Hmm. So my other receipt is on page four thirty-nine. Well, listen, I think he's a bird because he very clearly turns into a raven, so <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> when Asterin herself had gone quiet, he'd fallen deep into thought, mulled over all he'd seen in the Farian Gap. Every twisted hall and chamber and pit that reeked of pain and fear. This isn't the only time it pops up, but he literally is smelling emotions, which is a thingy that the witch people do, which is also a thingy that the fey people do and the demi-fey people do and all of the literally non-human people do. Mm, Right. Hmm. I don't think Dorian is human. What he is, ah, but I don't think he's human. I think he might be a witch dude, and I think he might be fixing to find out. 
Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. I would, I would like him to have something. If he's is this half, how you guys feel all the time? If he's half Valg, <laughs> would that would that make him a Valg king? Technically, prince, but I guess. But well, he's, but he's also, a king. He's not a prince. But and yeah. A princey king, prince. He's yeah, a princely yeah. king. Mm. He's a kingly prince. Right, 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 right. It, it just depends <laughs> on whether or not that's by title or by, yeah. If it's well, a different by, type of a personhood, and he because if be it was the half vog, he would only be like. But he's 25%. like one. But he's like one twenty seventh fay. No, but he'd be he'd be half if it was his. But dad. If, his, if his dad's like fifty percent human, fifty percent vog, because there's like another demon thingy in him, he would only unless get twenty five percent. Unless the valg was what impregnated his wife. I guess it depends on human. how the dude Sarah, stuff works. I need a whole class on how the reproductive systems of this fucking <laughs> world work. That's what we need because Sarah, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> please, we need reprodu- we need to know how they reproduce, not needing them to reproduce. I need the yeah, I need to know exactly Diagrams. how things go on. <laughs> we need diagrams, we need graphic organizers. Yeah, she's like, no, but they do have kids though. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Can I at least see like people get married? And she's like, no, not that either. Mm, they okay. just do. <laughs> okay, Zara. Okay. Can I see them make the baby? Nope. Fadeable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know, I was thinking too, if he was part Valg, wouldn't the spider have sensed it? Well, she's all like, blah, 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 whenever he's talking to her. Wouldn't the witches have sensed it? Like, in a sense of, like, mm. they have similar blood? I don't know. And then why did his powers need to be unlocked by Nehemia, then? Because he has this uh, boundless, well, like... But I think on. that it's the same thing with Elid, Elsie, Elvira. Right. She also has, I think, powers. Hmm. Because of her witchliness. Huh. I guess we'll have to find out. Hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on some of these for the end of the book, but I don't know how much we're going to get in this time frame. But it's a lot of <laughs> interesting questions that, yeah, Sarah might have to go back in here and get us another book because what's what's going on? Or maybe just come on the podcast. Yeah, just a special invite to Sarah. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> By all means, pop on in. Just don't bring any spiders. Unless. No. I'm sorry. Dorian Sarah would have a, into a spider. Sarah would have a lot to answer for. So, <laughs> yeah, honestly, she would feel very attacked. Probably. Attacked. <laughs> probably. Probably not ideal. I, think, I need to know more about the dog. <laughs> oh my God. You made the dog disappear. You made the dog disappear. Speaking of that dog, I think it's your turn for Bay of the Day this week. <laughs> I it's have a not feeling the dog. I promise okay. you. I <laughs> promise you it wouldn't be the dog. <laughs> Go on. Um, so uh, I know that you guys uh, know that I like my chaotic picks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like picking base of the day who I think were the harbingers of the plotline, the people who did the most to make the most happen. The book would not have moved forward without these people. These are the people that I mark as Bay of the Day. Mm-hmm. Rip Mort. <laughs> yeah, is he okay? That's another unanswered question. Yeah, that is a great unanswered question. <laughs> He's probably like super lonely. No, he's fine. He's chilling. <laughs> so I have to say that 
it's very difficult to pick Bay of the Day right now because there's so many different smaller plot lines being moved forward in the same at the same time, and they're also in different places in the world at the same time. You can pick but Alien. I think, Don't be worried. No. Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> he could burn. So Bay of the Day, I think that the person who probably did the most heavy lifting with the plot this time around is probably going to be Fenris. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice. Because I don't think that Aelin would have survived without him there. And if Aelin did not survive or, you know, she gave up the the good, so to speak, I don't think we would really have much of a story. So I think that Fenris is probably the non-chaotic choice for Bay of the Day. The chaotic choice, of course, has got to be the little people. Okay, great. I love that. <laughs> because they never would have gotten out of, of the Fae world without just the little folk. That's also true. Um, no matter choice, how much they wanted to, they would have just got caught again. Mm-hmm. So without the little folk, the again, the story would have just ceased. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Fenris did more work than the little folk. So. Yeah, and he's definitely, they're both important to each other's, like, onward survival throughout the rest of the story, I feel <laughs> like. Just knowing that they went through that traumatic event together, in different ways, obviously. I mean, it's pretty integral to uh, Aelin and Fenris's character, I think, forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, definitely a, a fair choice, and we love some Fenris in this house. Maybe Fenris and Lysandra can fall in love. I'd be down for that. Anyone else? Maybe Ren. We'll just let Ren's fine. <laughs> we'll bring Wesley be, back from the dead. Um, <laughs> Here you go. I'd be I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Guess we'll have to see. But it's a good choice. With that Paddle. being said though. Oh. How do you think? I I'll allow it. I'll allow oh. it. <laughs> Cuddle is Are you next. sure I can't pick the dog? <laughs> you can pick whoever you want. It's your bay of the day. You can already predict that Cuddle's next one will be Rowan, because you will be finishing out the series for the Bay of the Day. So I am positive <laughs> that you will be uh, making a choice of Rowan unless something drastic happens. I don't happens. think so. Yeah? I don't think okay. it'll be Rowan. Keep us on our toes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's going to be the dog. Oh, God. It's always Fleetfoot every day. <laughs> that and Braxis. Oh my God. Ground puppy, the sky puppy. Oh, <gasps> we have two sky puppies. Three sky puppies. We have like a billion, dude. We have all those fucking birds. Now we just need a water puppy. We have Lysandra. She's a person. Yeah, but sometimes she's like a sea wyvern. And she's also a cat. Yeah, she's just not a puppy. Let her be at all, you know? I just feel like Lysandra is bay of my life. <laughs> I agree. Where's my Lysandra? I oh, can't wait for their reuniting. Mm-hmm. The niece, like Lysandra with her, like with oh, Vulcan. Yes. And, oh, that's going to be good. I'll be Lysandra's broin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Come in, rescue her. Like, don't talk this. I'll be so scrub. nice and sweet. I promise. Yeah, she's gonna make up with Adian. I'm sorry, guys. I no, I'm sorry. I listen. We'll just have to go and see. But before we <laughs> get too off topic here, I will go ahead and read us out. That way, we can get to finishing this book and get on to some uh, some new fun reads for us all. But we want to thank you guys for listening. This, of course, has been Smutty Scriptures, reading Kingdom of Ash through part one, which is through the end of chapter 67. Uh, Next episode, we are going to finish this out. We are going to read until the end of Kingdom of Ash and complete the Throne of Glass series. It's a little bittersweet. I'm going to miss Aelin and Rowan, but uh, I'm ready to get into some some new series for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm ready to and try something we'll, new. And thus will end season one, our first season together. Yeah, that's so crazy. Look at us making a podcast. Wow. <laughs> I love you yeah. guys so much. Yeah, it's so fun. You know, just it's a good excuse to read and then also hang out with the besties, you know, so ain't no problem. But speaking of us, you know, you can get more content of all of us goofing around on all our social media pages. We do have a TikTok for Smutty Scriptures and Instagram for Smutty Scriptures. Instagram is probably the best place to go because you can get links to everywhere else that we are at. Uh, We are also selling merch on the NC store as well. A lot of Akatar themed stuff, a lot of Dena Vipers themed stuff, a lot of some really cool designs that Cuddle and Purple are working on. I actually just picked up a hoodie myself. It's coming here, I think, tomorrow? (laughs) Maybe two days from now. (laughs) And I'm getting my first Smutty Scriptures jacket. I'm so excited to actually like wrap the podcast out and about. But if y'all want to, you know, match the energy, that stuff is out there for you. But with that being said, uh, church is adjourned. Amen. Ale fucking Lulia. Oh my God. Goofy.